Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about secrets and clues. So this was your idea, John. What's inspired it? Okay, well, what inspired it was recently I got a copy of Sly Flourish's Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master by Michael Shea. And this is basically a book about how you can sort of minimise the amount of prep you do but get maximum effort out of it, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. So it's not about just getting rid of prep, it's about like focusing it on the areas that really matter in a game. The first book he did in this style was called The Lazy Dungeon Master, and then he's done like an updated version of it, obviously called The Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the chapters which he says is the main reason he decided to do an entirely new book is the chapter called Define Secrets and Clues. And what he also suggests in that is that you should create the secrets and clues that lead to them as a way of sort of expanding the background and revealing things to your players. And obviously, I sort of fell in love with this concept because he mentions that they fit on one side of a 3x5 index card, <laughs> which obviously, you know me, I, I, I love the index cards. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed of my love for the index now card. I understand. But what he's talking about is he suggests that for every session you do, you create 10 secrets with accompanying clues. Uh, But what he also says is that none of these clues should be true or set in stone until they're discovered by the players. So you create 10 of them, you might only use two or three of them, and the idea isn't that you should try and force the players to discover them all, it's that they should be sort of potential bits of information they can find out. Now when you say game, do you mean individual game session or do you mean campaign now in this he's talking about a a session so he says 10 secrets or clues a session that sounds like an awful lot of work for not a lot of payoff to me 10 secrets define a secret within this sort of thing okay well let's go to his actual definition here he says a secret or clue is a single sentence that encapsulates a piece of your game world its history or its current story It's a piece of information the characters can discover as they explore the world and interact with its inhabitants, but they are never trivial. They contain information that matters to the character. It might be pieces of history that give the characters and players a better view of why things are happening. It might be leads and hints that allow them to to discover special locations or powerful items. It might be information about NPCs that the characters didn't know. So the example he gives is... Alavina, the Keeper, archivist of the White Sparrow family, is a secret cultist of Dusk. Now, you were saying that you thought coming up with ten secrets was quite a lot of work for very little sort of reward. And he actually says here, it might be difficult coming up with ten secrets, but I think the idea is it's supposed to be a sort of imaginative exercise to get you to consider things about the background of your campaign Mm -hmm. world. And now bear in mind, if you don't come up with a Ten secrets. It's not like any anyone's going to be like knocking down your door and like dragging you away to like the role play, please. It's just the <laughs> idea is that by trying to train yourself to think along those lines, it automatically starts you thinking about like what's important to you in your game, what's important in the background of your campaign world, what sort of things like the characters might be finding out, and it's something I've started using fairly recently in my old school essentials game sort of spurred on by this book and 
I really like it as a, as a sort of planning exercise. I personally find it far more interesting for me when I'm planning my game to sit down and try and think of these 10 secrets rather than sort of sit down and go like, all oh, right, in this session, they're going to do X, they're going to do Y, they're going to do Z. Maybe they might do this, they might do that. Creating these 10 secrets, it gets me thinking more along the lines of what can they find out? What's out there for them to discover? And certainly in a game like mine where it's a hex crawl game where it's all about exploration and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that works really well for my game. And I'm not saying it'd work for all games, but certainly if it's a game based on discovery, based on sort of like peeling back layers of background, I think this is a really nice and sort of not too strenuous way of doing it. So something with this for me would be if I'd sat and done all that work, Yeah, I'd then want to put it into my game and I can see that the next like heading is Secrets Aren't Always Revealed. Yep, very so true. is that still not going to be a load of wasted work? Well, no, because Mike Shea is at lengths to point out here that you shouldn't try and force every secret to be discovered in a game because obviously you, then you're sort of like railroading your players. And it's as I say, you're not wasting a lot of effort if you don't use them because you're only keeping them to like a, a minimum, remember? You're not writing lots of stuff about them. It's just like a quick sentence for each one. So we're talking for a game session, it's 10 sentences. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm planning in a more traditional way, I have far more than 10 sentences worth of prep. Sometimes a bit more than that. (laughs) The the idea of this is that because you're keeping them fairly small and there's like little capsule things, Mm -hmm. and because they're not considered true until they're discovered... If you do have to discard some of them, it's not like you've spent ages agonising over them. And you've got them all written down, so at some point in the future, you might look back through your book and be like, oh yeah, there's an old one that we like never used, which we could sort of recycle or whatever. Sometimes you might look at one and think, oh, well, no, we don't really need that anymore. Or like something else happened that cancelled that out. You can just sort of let it fade away because it was never discussed in the game. So you don't really have to sort of worry about trying to bring these things forward. And we, that's pretty much the, the point of the next um, section, which is secrets only become real when they're revealed. Up until the point where the players actually discovered them, they're just potential things in your game world. If the players never discover them, they never have to know they existed. They can just be allowed to like fade away into the background. And I really like that because it gets me to think about things like what might happen, what might be the truth rather than me as a GM sort of going like, right, no, this is the, tr- the true way of my campaign setting and all the player characters are really doing is sort of joining the dots for something I've done. Whereas if I put down 10 things that are like potential things that might be true, then let's say the players only discover two of them. When I write down my next 10 things, obviously taking into account what's already happened in the game, they might be different and the game might go off in a different direction. And as someone who's running a sort of sandbox game for old school essentials i'm a big fan of trying not to be too restrictive with things or like have like one true way of my campaign because at the end of the day it's more interesting for my player characters if they don't feel like they're being sort of led down the garden path Mm -hmm. and as a gm it's more interesting for me if i don't have everything plotted out to the nth degree from the start because if i do then there's no surprises for me as a gm and that's why, as we've talked about before, that's why I like random tables and things like that, because it keeps it interesting for me as a GM. And I think this 
secrets and clues is another great way of doing that. So would this be something that you'd potentially allow your players to contribute to? Not really as defined in here. It's more of a GM exercise. And there's a little checklist at the end of this section here where Mike Shea talks about his way of doing it, where he says, write down 10 secrets and clues the characters might discover in the game session. They are the connective tissue of a campaign. After the start of the adventure, they are the most important thing to prepare. Each secret or clue reveals a piece of the story or the history of the world and its inhabitants. Keep secrets and clues abstract from how they might be revealed. Improvise the discovery of secrets during the game. Throw away secrets that aren't revealed during a session and write a fresh list each time. And this is, obviously I'm not going to go into too many details, I know some of my players have listened to this, but I've got my little notebook here, and you can see where I've been sort of writing things down that might possibly be true in my game session. Mm -hmm. But I might not use all of them, but that took me 15 minutes the other night to sit and write that down, and I've probably got more in those, like, two pages of an A5 notebook than I'm ever going to use in my next session. Mm-hmm. and admittedly it might take you a bit of time to sort of get your mind in that sort of zone but i found that just sort of sitting down and thinking oh what what could be discovered what is secret what's going on in the background in my world or what could possibly be going on in the background and then just writing down some of these ideas it's really got me in a good place to be prepped for the next session now admittedly it does rely a bit on your players being interested in discovering these things and finding things out but if you have those sort of players and that sort of game i think it can work really well and it's a really interesting idea and a different way of thinking about prep that i'd not really considered before reading the return of the lazy dungeon master so it's definitely something i recommend people out there give a go if you're interested in running a sandbox game and you want to sort of be kept guessing yourself a little bit as the GM, and you want to discover things as the game goes on, I really think it can add a lot to your prep and also make it a good deal more efficient. You can find Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master online. It's available from a multitude of different places. I'll put a a link to the drive-through version in the description of this show. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and you've got something out of it. If you'd like to call in and leave us a message, maybe get featured in a future show, perhaps you want to tell us a bit about how you prep your games, or maybe you've got some ideas for things you'd like to see in future episodes, you can get in touch with us a couple of different ways. You can leave us a voicemail message using either SpeakPipe, link in the description below, or our old Anchor account, again, link in the description, or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we speak to you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. Bye.